Welcome to the Kingsley Grant Show, the podcast dedicated to helping you become the leader everyone loves and wants to follow. Kingsley believes his leadership paradigm, emotelligence, the art of succeeding where others failed, is the key to achieving this status. On this show, Kingsley guides you through the uncharted waters of emotional intelligence and leadership essentials, with the guarantee that upon exit, you will become more skilled in relationship management, decision-making, and job performance. Now here's your host, your coach, and your Sherpa, Kingsley Grant. Here we go, here we go, here we go. This is your boy, Kingsley Grant, behind the Jamaican microphone, bringing you yet another show. Today, I am coming to you from the command center of the Immortelligent Leadership Institute, where I am in an undisclosed location because I'm written into the vault of where I have stacks and stacks of the resources that I have, especially for you. They are selected. So today, I'm going to reach as right now into the vault. Okay, I've, I, I've got it. Oh, yeah, let me put that down here. All right, we've got it. We've got it. And today we are going to dive into a topic that I believe you would appreciate from the standpoint of you want, I'm sure, to make sure that your business is achieving that which you so desire. The the bottom line, right? And that is profit productivity, and the happiness within the among your people that are actually making these things happen, right? So we're going to dive into the five types of leaders killing your business and what to do about them. And, and here's the thing, what I find sometimes is that these leaders who are killing your business, you might not even realize it. They're doing it right under your nose and you may not even recognize it because of the uh, possibility of what you're hearing, the reports from the leaders, and they're hiding the real story. They're keeping from you what truly is going on. You know, I, I recently responded to a comment of someone in on LinkedIn. And by the way, if you're not following me on LinkedIn, let me encourage you to do that, right? Just type in Kingsley Grant on LinkedIn and let us connect. Make sure that you tell me there that you have, have listened to me on the, the Kingsley Grant show. And so we can, you know, uh, just have a ongoing conversation or just see what I'm doing there. But you, you would have seen if you were following me this response I gave to somebody who talked about why people may not be showing up for the work. And so the person said, you know, um, the statement was he he didn't show up or continue to not show up for work or missing too many days. That was it. Missing too many days. And so I fired him. And, and, and then the person went on to say that what if, you know, the person who got fired had some very legitimate reasons for not showing up. And could it be that they were, you know, the the whole statement of be kind because the person that you meet are are going through some challenges, so be kind to them, right? And and so the person person who 
made the post was saying that possibly if you took the time to find out, uh, the person may be having some issues, some personal issues that could be addressed. And so they would not have to be fired because it would give you a better context to understand why the person may not be showing up. Now, as a business owner, you know, yeah, I, I get it that you may have personal problems, but I, I know the fact that we need to also, you know, keep in mind the bottom line, and that is a company. If the business is not, if people are not showing up because of their own personal issues, that means the work is not being done. If the work is not being done, that means that the, we're not meeting quota, we're not, you know, being able to produce as we ought to, so productivity is down, and all those things lead into where the bottom line is that our company, our business is not doing the kind of job or the the output that we, we expect, right? So I think that we, we have to have a balanced approach here. And so I responded by saying, yeah, and another, another option to do is to possibly look right there inside the environment in which the person is working, could it be that that person is avoiding a toxic environment? And then I went on to explain that the toxicity may come from the boss, the leader. The leader might be, you know, the supervisor, the manager. Right there might be the toxic thing that that person is avoiding because we avoid pain. Could it be that that's the reason why they're not showing up as it ought to, and taking days off. And that is something that I find some leaders or business owners and or HR managers do not necessarily look at right away. Their immediate focus is on, okay, you're not showing up. Uh, What's the problem? We've got to get that straightened out. And so they focus on that person so much, but then the issue could be the underlying issue could be the person is avoiding the toxic leader or boss or the toxic coworker. And, and and maybe they have complained and nobody have done anything about it. They've not been taken seriously, right? And so it continues. Well, let me ask you the question, this question. Would you want to show up in a place where that continues to happen? I don't think so. I mean, I, you know, who would? We, we, All of us try to avoid what's bringing us pain, right? And we'll do anything to avoid that. So I, I mentioned that maybe where they need to start is looking at the environment. Is it one that this employee wants to show up for? Because I know that I remembered, you know, part of my past history when I was working for an organization and I remember that sometimes I, I just went to work even though I'm not feeling well because I took my work seriously. You know, I took what I did. I took also the relationship I had with the leader leaders at the time that they depended on me. And we had that kind of relationship that I didn't want to let them down. So I showed up even when, right? So we want people to want to be there, but we've got to give them reasons to be there. And sometimes the reasons why they're not there and want to stay as far as they possibly can is because of the leadership. Let's be honest. We've got to deal with that. It's sometimes the elephant in the room. It could be us as the business owners, right? It could be the leaders we have in place, our, our, our staff, our supervisors, or our managers. 
because the buck stops with us, right? I was, I did a, a video recently on a Facebook Live, and I talk about the fact that, you know, I was quoting John Maxwell, the leadership guru. I said how his statement is that leadership is influence and everything rises and falls on leadership. And I believe that. So if a person has been absent and is avoiding the, you know, just showing up, not showing up, well, we start with the leader. What might we want to do as leaders? And so I want to talk about this in this episode, the five types of leaders that could be killing your business, right? And also look at what could it be costing you, just not just generally killing your business, but also what to do about it. And so we're going to dive into that right now. So here's what I want to mention. Let's talk about the five kind of leaders that are possibly killing your business. Number one, now it may not be in this, it doesn't have to be in this order, but you you get it, right? Number one, the micromanaging leader. Yes. <laughs> that leader, man, I'm telling you, I, I don't know, but I just, I could not function with a micromanager. That person is always hovering over you and checking everything that you do, want to make sure they know hands-on on every aspect of what happens in the workplace. It's as if, well, why don't you just do the job and, le- and let me just supervise you since you want to be so involved in what I'm doing. And, and sometimes the mentality of that leader is that if you want something to be done good, I've got to do it myself. Or it's a trust issue. Don't trust the people that are working for him or her to allow them to use their expertise and skills and experience to do the job. They've hired them, but yet they want to micromanage them. Oh, man, that can be so suffocating. It stifles innovation. It stifles creativity. Because why would I want to be creative and be innovative if you're going to constantly, as a micromanager, or that micromanager, not you, but the micromanager, is always going to be checking if I've dotted every I's and crossed every T's. Because I'm going to just do what I need to do and avoid additional scrutiny of my work. So the micromanager can be a turnoff where people don't want to be innovative. They don't want to be creative. They don't want to put out more than just, you know, the average and be and be, be uh, mediocre. Why should they want to do more than uh, than needed? When that macro manager is going to look at everything that they do. And, and you know, I understand the idea of accountability, but not micromanaging accountability every hour, every segment of the day. I've got this person looking over my shoulder. And that person, as a leader, if you've hired that person or if you are the leader, hopefully it's not you, but you've had that person working for you or under you as in a supervisory role or a managerial role, you want to have a conversation. We'll talk more about that, what you can do later on. But that micromanager mentality can actually ruin your business. Kill it. I mean, actually, it's bleeding. And you might not even know it. So the micromanager leader. So number two, and this is the fly off the handle leader. (laughs) The fly off the handle leader. This is the 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 um, leader that is so uh, not just um you know it's it's one who is the word I'm looking for. I, the word impulsive comes to my mind, but that's not the word I'm looking for. But it's that leader who just flies off the handle, right? They, they just are quick to draw. 
They easily get upset and angered, and they don't hold back, right? They they they, they just um basically that's the word I'm looking for is explosive, right? Then the explosive type, where everything is is a drama, everything is like the world is ending. I mean, they just get you know from zero to sixty in no time. That's the kind of leader I believe. Many who wants to be around that person. Who wants to be around somebody who you you bring something up or something goes wrong or you know I remember this is many years ago I was working at at a job where I was a valet uh, I, I valeted cars right so I would park cars and it was at a hotel and I remember that you know I was working at nights so we would park the cars and in the back of the hotel and so of course the, the customers who came in who didn't want to drive their cars to park it themselves. They could, but we had the valet parking, but we would park the cars in the back and it was up this hill. So it was at night. There's lights that was there, but it was, this part was kind of dark, right? And I remember the guy who was the head of security. He was the explosive type of leader. I mean, he was ex- the guy who, I mean, he went from zero to a hundred in zero point point zero 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 second two seconds, right? <laughs> This guy was explosive, and everybody knew that. So you try to avoid him at all costs. You keep short conversation, and so he would be over the security area. And I remember one time, right, I um, was driving and trying to park a car. And, you know, because you're, you're trying to hustle, so you're trying to get the cars parked fast and get back to your station to park more cars and you bring a car back and get some tips. So that's how we made most of our money. It was very good, I, I must say, at that time, where um, the hotel was called the Mutiny, and it was, you know, it's no longer, it's been torn down now and some re- replaced by other buildings and so on. And I remember one night, I'll never forget this night, I was rushing to park this car, and this guy stepped out, um, you know, one of the workers there, he stepped out, and I didn't really see him. And I didn't really hit him hard, but the car, you know, he bumped bumped into the car. And so man, my heart sank because I know what's going to happen. I was going to be, you know, blamed for speeding and not being careful, being reckless. And I know this guy who was explosive head of security would be called in. And boy, I'm telling you, I didn't want to feel his wrath. So I was, I was kind of trembling and scared and worried. Thank God nothing seriously happened. And but I was kind of, you know, kind of called in. I was lectured. I was like, you know, warned and, and all the different things. And I just humbly say, you know, yes, you know, I'm so sorry. I just didn't see him. I wasn't really speeding and all of that, right? Long story short, this guy, I'm thinking the way he was, that somebody he was gonna run into the wrong person. Now, the story I'm about to tell you, I really you know, wish this on no one, and I, I, I wish he could have actually managed his emotions before it led to this. Because what happened was, it wasn't at the workplace, but what I heard was, and it was on the news as well. He was and his wife had gone out one night, and they were returning home, and somebody had, you know, was in their driveway, and there was a robbery, almost, you know, trying to rob his family, rob him, him and his wife, and so on. And, um, you know, of course, his explosive na- nature and, 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 of course, compulsion in the moment, want to protect himself and his wife. 
And so he went at this person, and what happened, long story short, he got shot and was killed. Was killed. It was sad. It was very, very sad. And I felt very sad and, and, and sorry for that situation because right there before his wife was shot to death, and, um, you know, his wife had to be a widow as a result of that in trying to protect his family. And I know that I would be do- doing the same. But I'm wondering if there could have been a different ending, different way of managing that moment of allowing the people to take what they wanted to and let them, you know, live to tell the story another day. I, I don't know. I, I really don't know. I wasn't there. But my point is that an explosive, uh, a, a leader who flies off the handle and is so explosive in nature can really drive off your best people. I mean, actually, people will just be, you know, out of there. So that is the leader who could be killing your business, and you might not even know that. Number three, the disconnected leader. I'm going to try to keep them a bit shorter than this, you know, and not tell so many stories. The disconnected leader. The disconnected leader is that person who is just at a distance, you know, hands off. They try to keep an air of, because they, they are that person who are, you know, don't want to get too close, to their, their their workers, their employees, those who they're leading, right? They, they have this, this idea, this mentality that, uh, you know, don't want to have dual relationships and they don't want to blur the lines. And I understand that. But they are so disconnected from the people. It's as if they're in two different worlds, working in the same environment, but in two different worlds. The other, you know, it's almost like the twain should never meet. They don't tell their story. They don't mingle. They eat lunch and stuff by themselves, not with or with other leaders, or but not with their the people they're leading. They don't get down in, and dirty, so to speak, and roll up their sleeve with their people. They try to make it sure that everybody understand they are the, the leader, right? And you know, I, I must tell the story because I think the person that I, I believe, you know, in my mind, the leader that I look up to, of course, is Jesus Christ because He is the leader of all leaders. But what I, I was so impressed with, I'm so impressed with, with him as I read about his life, is that you know, here he was, leader of all leaders, right? And and he would be who washed his disciples' feet. I mean, it's unheard of. What leader, what leader washed his disciples' feet, right? Crazy, isn't it? And, and so he was connected. I mean, people want to be around him. Who doesn't want to be around a leader? Not because he washed their feet, but he would get down in the dirt, so to speak, and, and mix up with mix with your people, the people that he's leading. But some leaders who are disconnected are disconnected not just in, in you know in the social uh, social aspect. But the personal, you know, I, you know, I have the three R's, you know, thing that I, I talk about the three R's of remarkable leaders, right? And the three R's, and number one is that they are relatable, right? Relatable. That means this guy, this person, this gal is disconnected. They're not relatable. I, I can't relate with you. And, and they're thinking, hey, I don't want to relate with you anyway. So that's why I'm disconnected. Man, that will kill your business. Right. And so that was the number one reason. The number one R is a relatable leader. Right? And that is what immediately disqualifies this leader. And so people are actually like, you know, show up and they come and say hi, hello, and they go on and do their work and maybe have no other conversation all throughout the day. So there's not a uh, not, not there's not an exchange of ideas and conversation that could really help your business happening because of this leader. Number four, the flamboyant leader. Right, this leader is the one that I see is more show than anything else. The showman, 
the show woman, right? <laughs> just that person that is, boy, oh boy, is like, you know, have an air about them that is a, almost arrogance, right? It's almost like, you know, they, they will talk and they have a good talk now. They, they are great at selling you what they're doing. They are great at pretending. They're the great pretender, right? <laughs> and, and so the flamboyant leader is more show than anything else. But here's the thing. They are like the star of the show. And they can sell themselves really well. I mean, I'm telling you, I've met some of those leaders who, boy, if you listen to them talk, they can. They have a good talk. I, I'm thinking of one right now, which I, I'm, as I'm sharing this with you, it's going through my mind. And I'm thinking that, man, this guy, he have a good talk. And these people talk, they talk a lot because they have to sell themselves. They have to oversell themselves, especially when they are stressed and they feel the heat is coming against them. They are, they double their speed of, of talking and they are filled with many words. But it's more show than anything else, right? And, and you see that, you know that. They take all the praise for what's being done. They don't share what the team does. It's like, oh, yeah, I, I, you know, I, I led the team and I, uh, yeah, I, we were, but it's more about I, I, not about we, right? So it's more that singular approach. And that's a flamboyant leader. And I use that word in that sense because all is a showman, right? A showmanship. That's all you're seeing. And I, I find that that leader can be killing your business and you don't even know that. And the number five, the last one is, and, you know, once I mention this, I'm going to go through, you know, the cost to you and then what you can do about it. So don't think I'm finished yet. And I won't be as long, trust me, on the ones that's coming up after this. But the number five is a positional leader. The positional leader is that leader who was promoted or have because of tenure or because of just, you know, their ability to to work at the level that, that they were. And so they have a position or a title of a leader, but that's all they have. They don't take the time to build relationship. As a matter of fact, they might not know how. They've not been trained to do relationship leading. So all they would they do is leverage their position and use that to coerce people into getting the job done. Right? So it's about they can be they can produce, but imagine what could happen, how much more production there could be, and how much more loyalty and pleasantness the atmosphere could be and an excitement about getting the job done and people want to give their best self imagine if that leader was that way right so in a positional leader is one who leverages his or her title or position to get the job done the task done and people know that they can smell that out and so they'll just do what they have to do again get the job done and they're out of there right so these five leaders, the micromanager, the fly-off-the-handle leader, the disconnected leader, the flamboyant leader, and the positional leader will kill your business in a hurry. So the question is, what are they costing you? Well, I'm going to mention these and without having much you know, comment on them because they're very self-explanatory. They can, they're costing you a high turnover, right? High turnover as people just you know quit, they're out the door. And now replacing those employee, according to many studies and, re- and uh, many studies, is that 
is twice the salary of that person to replace them. So imagine what that's costing you. Number two, low morale, low productivity, and low performance. That is costing your bottom line. Number three, absenteeism. As I mentioned in my story earlier, people are just wanting to not show up. So absenteeism is killing, of course, productivity and your profit. So it's hurting you that way. Number four, internal complaints. There are constant complaints taking place on the inside. And there's a turmoil happening. And people are, are is talking about this leader or leaders. And, and, and what happened, the frustration is that nobody does anything. It's almost like it falls on deaf ears. So you have internal complaints. People are gossiping. There are talks within the, the team. And everybody knows. And they know, hey, nothing's been done. So they just feed off each other, right? So morale is not being affected. Imagine, right? And number f- number five, external complaints. This is a big one. This is the area that is happening because here's what, what's taking place. Your reviews in your glass door or other place that people review your company. Imagine when they leave your company, what they're saying about why they left. You've, you, know the, you know the saying. People don't leave, leave um, organizations. They leave bosses, bad bosses, right? That's why they leave. And so they're sharing that and you cannot manage that outside there. So your outside reputation and perception, right? Because perception is, is everything. How a person or people are perceiving you as a, your business is through the lens of these people is what they're saying, right? So external complaints are being ratcheted up is is high. And so you're, you know, you're not getting five stars, you're getting one star reviews. And some people some people might say, if I could give you half star your company, they'll give your company a half star. So they're killing your business. So the question is, what to do about them? Well, I'm gonna mention three things that I believe is these are the steps to take. Step number one. Well, you have a private and I note the word private conversation with that kind of leader. Because you can ask your people, just do something anonymous, like a survey, anonymously, and you can tell what the problem is, who the problem is. So you have a private conversation, and that's key. You don't want to add injury, right? Um, add to the insult to injury. You don't want to make matters worse. You don't want to somehow, you know, put this, throw this leader under the bus, even though they might be deserving of that. No, you don't want to do that. You want to manage because it's a person too who may not know, who may not have been given the tools, may not be trained, right? Those are possible things that could be happening. So you want to then have a private conversation with that person and talk about what's happening. You know, ask the right questions, not go in and accusing them of what you've heard. You want to ask questions to find out, feel out, because there's always two sides to every story. And maybe this person might not even realize what they're doing. So you have a conversation with them. Number two, train, coach, or mentor them, right? Give them training. Send them to training. Get somebody like myself to come in and do some training or to coach with them. Or maybe you you can mentor them, right? But here's what happened. You've got to be able to tell if they have a teachable 
or a coachable spirit. If that person is pushing back and blaming everybody else and deflecting and not taking responsibility, you know, as a, as a, a supervisor or a manager, if you're finding that they're not and blaming others, a good sign that this person is not open to, to teaching or coaching. And, and so you might be thinking, hey, red flag, red flag. But if they would admit and just, you know, humble themselves and say, you know what, I didn't even realize that. I didn't even know that. Man, thank you for telling me. I appreciate that. That means they're open to some change. And that person you can work with. So they must be coachable and teachable. And you offer them the training that they need and then give them a time to see if that will make a difference, right? And you can go back and do a follow-up kind of um, survey and see if things are improving. Not perfect, but things are improving. And if there's improvement being made, because it's not going to turn around overnight, then you are able to work with that because the person is making the attempt to change what was always happening. And number three, if nothing changes, if after all of this, the person continues to behave that that way, you're seeing it because of the, the metrics, the numbers, productivity, your profit, all of those things are reflecting that there's something is wrong, and you're getting feedback that this is continuing, then my friend, you have no other option than terminating that person. Because, you know, in my book, The Immortelligent Leader, I speak about leadership being the seven essential essential traits of leadership. And, you know, the number seven that I have, and I put it at the last because at times as a leader, an immortelligent leader, you've got to make hard a hard call, a hard decision such as termination. But I put that at the end because there are the six other things that need to be happening. So when, when it comes to termination, it's almost like everyone would say, thank you for terminating me because I know you have done your best with me. And it must have been a hard decision for you to terminate me. So it's almost like they would almost thank you. They may not say thank you, of course, but as if they would smile and accept the termination in a pleasant manner because they know you and know your heart because you've taken the time to do the six things that I did. I mentioned in my book, The Immortelligent Leader, Succeed Where Others Failed. You, they have done, you've done the work there. And so at the seventh trait of leadership, which is leadership is directorship, that is where you make the hard decision because as a director, you've got to now be able to do what it is that you've been called to do, making tough decisions, right? And, and of course, you're not doing it with, with you know, with some kind of uh, joy or, or, you know, excitement or, you know, it, it should also hurt you that you have to terminate this person, right? There should not be a glee because of that. No, some sadness, because it's a person as well who has a family and maybe, you know, this is what they have to take care of a family. So now a family is, won't have a, an income. So, it, you know, you do this in a very polite way and a very um, heartfelt way and I would say an immortelligent way where you are recognizing, understanding the emotions, right, the, of the time, yours and the other person's and managing both of the emotions and all of that, right? So that's immortelligence at, at its best. And uh, this is what you you need to do. But my friend, these five leaders, 
might be killing your business and you might not even know. But you now know what what to do about them. You now will have an idea how to identify and possibly, you know, possibly identify these through the feedback you're receiving, through the uh, productivity that is not happening. But I want to encourage you to not just look at the what normally people look at and wonder where is it going wrong, but look at the leadership. Start with that and see what happens. So, my friend, I hope this was helpful to you, which I believe it was. As I put this together, I had you in mind, you know, you, the business owner, who want less distraction, which these things brings distraction to you. So you can focus on growing your business and stay ahead of your competition, right? Be competitive. This is what you want to do. And so I wanted to cite this to help you so that you can um, increase the engagement and productivity. Because here's what happened. When I work with people, whether through training or coaching, I find that what I hear as a, res- a feedback is that they business owners like yourself will say, man, this has given me a peace of mind knowing this. And so I can now focus my energy on what I do best and that's grow my business. That is what I want for you. And hopefully that's what you hear from this episode today. Well, my friend, thank you so very much for taking the time to listen to me as I share this episode with you. And remember, you're one skill away, one skill away from your best hope. And that's what it is I want to bring to you. And hopefully that's what you've gotten today. So let's now, as you, if you've listened to some time, you know the drill. We want to put this episode back into the vault from where we took it. So here we go. Let us do it together. Here we go. There it is. Now that this show is back into the vault, I can um, exit the, the command center of the Immortelligent Leadership Institute. And then I'll say, my friend... Until next time, God bless, peace out, and I'll see you on the flip side. Yeah.